This episode of the No Huddle Show is being brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletofTurnersville.com and CadillacofTurnersville.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K, NJ.com. We're here with the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. We're at Jerry World AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. The Eagles' playoff hopes, they're not evaporated, but they are <laughs> they might as well be. They lost, if, if you didn't get my drift. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, <clears throat> this is a weird one because, you know, we'll get into the performances later, but and again, you can look at Carson Wentz's stat line, and if you didn't watch the game, you would think he had an incredible game. You would think the offense had a great game. Um, you know... You would also think that this was a lot closer than it probably should have been. Um, man, for the defense to get three turnovers, finally, a multi-turnover game, win the turnover battle by two turnovers, for Carson Wentz to score three touchdowns, and for the Eagles to lose in overtime and only score 23 points. Jiminy Crickets. Uh, Jiminy Crickets. After, after the game, I talked to Brandon Graham, and I asked him, you know, if I told you that, that you guys were going to have three turnovers and win the turnover battle by two, would you have ever thought you guys would be losing a game in overtime? He was like, nah, not really. <laughs> it, I mean, it was one of those, man. I, this Cameron Johnson punted six times. Six times. Wow, man. I, w- I wonder... We we uh, we should have had put odds in the first mention of Cameron Johnson yeah, for you. That, dude, that was I the mean, earliest no, of the season. Like, he was busy. He, the bro <laughs> was busy. And he actually... Punted pretty well. I mean, he had a 46. All right, let's talk yeah. about Cameron Johnson for the yeah. next 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I mean, just look at the play disparity. The, the Cowboys threw it 54 times, ran it 36 times. The Eagles threw it 32 times, mostly in the fourth quarter, and they ran it 14, 14 times. Like, that. that's <laughs> why, like, the defense was out there for a while. And, and I mean, that, that – like, the, the offense would get the ball, and they wouldn't do anything with it. The, the first quarter, they didn't score again. Um, Carson Wentz lost a fumble. It was his 32nd of his career. He's only played 40 games. Like he, didn't, he hasn't lost all those fumbles, but you can't be putting the ball on the ground that much. Like, that's that's not an, that's Dar- not an anomaly. That's a, that's a problem. He had Darren Sproles wide open to his right, too. Um, yeah, but, I mean, before, before we just, uh, it's just, just like, do you, do you declare the Eagles season dead? No, but it is on hardcore life support. It needs CPR, uh, uh, what, an ADT. Uh, somebody needs to call for nine one one. This is really, I mean, there's barely a pulse here. I say it's over. I, the only reason why I don't say it's over is because of how resilient they were last season. I know it's a different team. This is week fifth. It's gonna be week fifteen, and they've shown nothing. The Rams are the only team that looks like unbeatable, and crazier stuffs happened. And yeah. this, and I mean, the, their season, the NFC East division title hopes are done. That they're dead. Those are dead. They've got an outside shot of making the playoffs. I'm not really an optimistic guy, but this season it's so hard to tell what's going to happen. I mean, it's not. They lose to good teams. It's not that hard to figure out. They lose to good teams. That's true. But most of these games you're like, you know what? That's a Here, let's just get into it from the, from the jump. Yeah. The opening kickoff fumble. Can we please yes. talk about that? Because that is the thing. I mean, that's – they didn't lose the game because of that, but that certainly did not help. Like right. That would have changed everything. I mean – 
just all, everything that went into it. You know, Camus Grugier Hill all week was like the storyline because he said the Cowboys choke all the time, and he's the one who he he for, did he force the fumble? He only recovered. No, right? Malcolm Jenkins. He recovered it. it. He pretty clearly came up with it in the pile, came out with it out of the pile, and they were like, oh. Well, and even if he didn't come yeah. out, like clearly come out with Leroy Reynolds did like a kegel exercise on the ball. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, there was no Cowboys like near it. No one. Like it was amazing. So the refs' explanation was they didn't see clear enough evidence that the Eagles came up with the ball. How but, much clear evidence? I mean, do you how? Need? What, what does that mean? Like, like that was the official explanation afterwards to the pool reporter and Malcolm Jenkins had a pretty great. He's gonna get fined like oh, 100%. a hundred percent. Uh, he he said. Whoever need whoever is in New York and made that call needs to get off the bottle. It was a paraphrase of what he said. No, that's not even a paraphrase. That's oh, exactly, was that exactly what, what he said. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, what he said. I mean, that's a great quote. It's it going to hit his checkbook. He, he makes a good amount of money. He'll be fine with it, I guess. But I don't think he cared, to no, be honest but, with you. But, I mean, it was a ridiculous call. I mean, that, it, it's one of those, like, small things that it's uh, it, it, it changes everything. Like, a, a, a turnover on the first play, that's crazy. So, but, but, I mean... They forced three turnovers, and what did they score? They scored the one touchdown because they were at the two-yard line where Carson Wentz threw it to Alshon Jeffrey. They did end up scoring a touchdown on that next drive, but that next drive, uh, on the next turnover, so you're talking about Corey Graham returns the, the interception to the two-yard line. They throw a two-yard touchdown pass to on a screen to Alshon Jeffrey. Then after that, there was a forced fumble by Michael Bennett, who was that was been, in the third quarter, by the in way. In the third quarter, who's been absolutely unreal. I mean, let me get, um, let me get. We'll talk about him more. Yeah, but Brandon, just his numbers. He he had five quarterback hits, two tackles for losses, and one and a half sacks. We'll talk about him later. But and he's forced a, a fumble. And forced a fumble that that Brandon Graham picked up. Now that was huge. It it was huge. Initially, the Eagles were able to throw a touchdown. Pass to uh, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, seventy-five yards, something like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they called an OPI. They, call, they called an OPI. I don't that know. That was bad. Even, Dallas Goddard said he he didn't even know there was a flag. Like he just ran, and then he's like, "Wait, what?" And everybody had to go all the way back. They ended up scoring at the end of that drive. Still. Oh no, no, no that was the that was sorry. Was I that, was that, that after Brandon Graham? That was the fourth. That was the answer to the seventy-five yard touchdown. Oh, Amari from Amari uh, Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Which might as well have been a turnover. Right. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, look. Those two calls, the OPI and the initial opening kickoff, but might be two of the top ten worst calls I've ever seen in an NFL game. Definitely that I've covered. Um, but so after the the fumble, this was the drive where they got they were in the red zone. They got to the eight yard line. At one point, they gave Wendell Small with the ball for some reason. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey Clement hurt his knee. I'd be pretty surprised if he played again this season. He pretty immediately went to the locker room, came back out in the street clothes and a knee brace. That's a big loss. So Wendell Smallwood was their choice. Terrence Bowles, who was running the ball really well, they gave Wendell Smallwood the ball on second down. Uh, and then Wentz had a bad pass attempt for Zach Ertz. It was nowhere near him. So they settled for a field goal. Yeah, that was a I mean, we... We haven't talked as much about like because there's been like such obvious things that they needed to do better. But this game, there's like so many little things that happened that kind of led to the ending, and one of them is Jake Elliott missing an extra point. Yeah, that came out back to bite. I tweeted right after that that was going to come back to bite them, and it ended up doing. Every point matters in a close game. Yeah. So that that kind of ties into another storyline that came towards the end of the game, where the Eagles tied the game, or they scored a touchdown. They were down by one. They made the extra point. Dallas was called for a penalty, so the Eagles could have accepted and moved up to the one-yard line. Doug Peterson in 2017, I mean, he probably goes for yeah, oh, two, yeah, right? Sure, yeah. And he decided to play it safe, go for the points. Uh, I mean, what did you think about that call? I, I think I, if he has Corey Clement, he goes for that. Yeah, because that's his goal line guy? Yeah, I, I mean, 
Because Wentz clearly is not an option running the ball anymore. Yeah, it's not this to, season. I spoke to Josh Adams, and he ran the ball later in the game, so it wasn't like he was injured or anything. It was just, I think... He hasn't done as well in those short-yarded situations. Right, and I also think you want the ability to, if you want to pass out of that and check out of it. Um, yeah, it was a questionable decision. I didn't really understand it. A lot of people in the press box didn't understand it. What was his What was his explanation for it? I missed He basically just said he wanted to get the points, and he was confident that they could come back out. And After Jake Elliott missed an extra point, and you're surging, hey man, and for some don't reason... Don't kill the messenger, you know? No, I mean, <laughs> I know. for some reason... Like, I thought his play calling was pretty unimaginative during the game. For I mean, the first it, three quarters, especially. Yeah, it was just... It was lethargic. It was, it was all... Play I mean... I mean Golden Tate, how much of a storyline was that? We talked about this last right. week. They're finally figuring out how to use him. He had two, tar- three targets, one catch. Like, he was non-factor, completely non-factor. Alshon, the, Jeff- d- yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, who said that he had the best hands in the league, had two really bad drops. <laughs> yes, he did. And, uh, I mean, the two guys that were their best players on offense were Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, probably. Dallas Goddard's a big Dallas Goddard, he's, that dude's legit, man. Why, it just underscores the fact that they, that's another guy they just haven't used this season. And they, that, that 12 personnel works when they use it. He's going to be special. I, I tweeted this. I think he might be, in terms of talent already, one of the, there's not that many good tight ends anymore, but he might be one of the top 10 most talented tight ends sure. in the NFL. Sure. And he almost would have been a better addition to this offense than Golden Tate because they, they should have just started using him more and used that as the, the boost they needed because he – he can get yards after the catch. He doesn't really drop anything. He's become a pretty good blocker. And what's Golden Tate bringing you? They're not even playing him all the snaps. Yeah, it's a weird. It's like they didn't have a plan. He did score a touch. Did got it? Yeah, he scored. So he had that called back, and then he went. They went right. up the field again, and he scored still. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that was earlier in the game. Oh, that was early. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, but, there's so much stuff that happened. I know in that's this the game. thing. It's like it's, so many we're things. We're gonna get killed in the comments. That's fine. Well, that that's the funny. Like all this stuff happened first three quarters. And it was a boring game, and the fourth quarter was the most exciting football we've seen all season. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, the Eagles were going up the field on offense. They were, I mean, they were giving up some big plays to Amari Cooper, I guess you could say. Uh, well, I mean, let, yeah. Let's say this, too. Um, we'll go through the individual positions later, but we were wrong about Darren Sproles. We were clearly wrong about Darren Yeah, we'll Sproles. take the L on that we'll one. Take, I mean, Darren Sproles has been fantastic. He looks really game. good. I mean, that the touchdown he scored, it was on a catch. Right, yeah. He, he did most of the work. I mean, it was pretty much at the line of scrimmage, and he powered through another guy. This is a five foot six, thirty five year old who barely played this season, and I mean, he should have been the goal line option, probably. Like he's probably, I think he's their best goal line back. I think there's a stat that he's been one of the better ones in the NFL over the course of his career, sneakily, because you don't expect that out of a little guy. But he has like the leverage and he's smart. But um, I mean, what were his touches today? I'm curious. Uh, he had. One carry for two wow. yards, and then he had three catches. He had three targets and three catches for uh, well, he, he, for thirty-four yeah, yards and, and a touchdown. touchdown. He's he's about to have a much bigger role these last few weeks. Well, yeah, clearly with Corey Clement. Corey Clem- unless that's not it's not as bad as it looked, but it looked pretty bad. It looked pretty bad. And um, and speaking of injuries, let's touch on one. Sidney Jones left the game because of a hamstring thing. He this dude can't st- finish games. He did last week. Uh, he went back into the game. Clearly was affected either by the hamstring injury or just wasn't prepared to go back in. They took him back out. Doug indicated that they were they were a little concerned, so they pulled him back out. Maybe he shouldn't have went back in the game in the first place. I mean, when he got pulled out, Devontae Bosby went in and didn't do the the best. But, I mean, you shouldn't be expecting Bosby to stop Mari Cooper is the reality. But. I mean, maybe you're using injuries as an excuse because he was beat pretty plainly on that 28-yard touchdown, yeah. and that's when they took him out, and then Bosby stopped for some reason in coverage. It looked like he actually that had pretty was, good coverage that was really and bad. got beat. Um, you know, 
these injuries are really hard to overcome. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more later. Rasul Douglas played the game of his life, and the only thing that anybody's going to come away with it is how he bowed the ball, and you know Cooper caught the touchdown. I talked to him after the game, and Rasul basically was like, that interception wasn't a big play because we didn't end up scoring off of it. We didn't like he he he's a guy that wants to win over stats, which sometimes seems weird for like a ball hawking corner. But yeah, man, he was distraught after the game, and I don't blame him. He made he made a huge play on the ball. The problem is gravity said f you and yeah. it went. Straight I mean down. that was just a microcosm of like their season. Like that right. wasn't happening last year. I mean the, the, his teammates pulled him aside. They were all. Obviously, very. This team, for what it's worth, like the locker room has stayed together. I know yeah, they've had some guys work. maybe complain a little bit about their roles, but it it, it kind of goes away. You know, the Kamugruje Hill thing comes, it, it went away pretty quick. Like, the team kind of passed it this off is as an like eight and eight team. You know what I mean? Like you're not bad enough that we should blow everything up. You're not good enough that man we should be feeling ourselves. This is an eight and eight team. That, you know what I mean? Like I have them going seven and nine. But yes, your point being they're an average team. I yes. think they could beat the Texans. I think that's they the can. I, I don't think they will. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I do think they're going to beat the bricks off the Redskins, but that's really not yeah, yeah, anybody's that, time. That that will be one of those more, hashtag moral victories. People will be like, "I'm just planning my New Year's Eve vacation early." Uh, <laughs> but let's go play. Let's go player by well, position by position. Yeah, no, let's go play each player on the entire roster. Jordan Malata, go. All I'm right, let's gonna... talk about Carson Wentz. Yeah. So this is the so the first three quarters were he was bad. He was bad. Yeah. Like he was. Bad. He was inaccurate. He was holding onto the ball too long. He. I don't, like the the, the inaccuracy guys. is a thing that's kind of been an underlying theme this season. It hasn't been as talked about maybe as well, much because yeah, he's completing sixty nine percent of his that, passes like, on paper. A- accuracy is different than this. Like Eli Manning throws a high percentage. That he's not an accurate quarterback. Like I don't know. There, there's just some of these throws where like he's either miscommunicating with the receiver. Like there was one with Golden Tate early in the game where he was just completely off. He probably would have hit him if this was last year. I don't know if he's in his head. I don't know if it's knee. Like he's not stepping up properly. He's not stepping up properly. He doesn't look fast. Like when he's running the ball, they're, they're, I mean they they ran one one design or it was an option run on was that fourth th- no it was third down mm-hmm. I believe and he like went out to the right and he was going nowhere with that like I don't I don't know what it something about him man there's been games where he's shown some flashes but it's never been for four quarters it's never been for three quarters he's usually been for a half or a quarter at a time and the fourth quarter he was pretty good he had a really good throw to Nelson Aguilar down the sideline. He only turned the ball over once on that fumble. The fumbles are an issue that we talked about. He doesn't really throw that many interceptions, which is good. But I mean, if you're, it might as well be a turnover if you're going three and out. I think the issue for them is not his lack of completions. Yeah. It's when the incompletions come and when the mis- uh, and how they look. Right, and ha- you know, some of his dis- decision making has not been great. Uh, I don't think he has been. Finding a rhythm as easily as the stats show. Look, Carson Wentz is still a top ten quarterback in this league. I'm not. I'm not killing him. I'm just saying there's something that's not there that was there prior to the ACL injury last year. Now, is it the result of the knee surgeries? I don't know, but he clearly at times is having trouble processing plays or finding open receivers, which is a problem that another quarterback on the Eagles roster had at times during his initial stint in Philadelphia, Nick, Nick Foles. Um, you know, 
there I got a lot of tweets. I was really surprised because Carson has a sense of leeway among the fan base or the majority of the fan base that very few quarterbacks have been allotted um, during his time. Like he has a he has a buffer between when they will criticize him. Right. And it seems like it's getting to that point now. I mean, I my Twitter feed was full of Carson's done. Carson just looks See, lost. It's, it's funny you say that because I, I wrote my story was about how it was an evaluation of Carson's whole game. I looked at it from all angles, all the good, all the bad. The I mean, but the gist was that he did not play that well. Uh, he didn't come up big in the biggest game of his career to this point. And I think he was outplayed by Dak Prescott. I, I got a lot of flack for that part of it because Dak Prescott did turn the ball over three times. But he was making those. He was making plays down the field that Wentz wasn't. He was making throws that, went, like, I know he had some bad throws, but he also had some really, really good throws. And Wentz only had one or two of those really, really good throws. Like, the, the complete body of work, I think you have to say Dak won that batch up. I, I, I think so, yeah. Um, Maybe it's closer than the numbers might indicate, but Dak had some had some NFL throws. It, it's probably better radio if you and I argue about it, but really, I, to me, I thought Carson played. You can look at his – his completion percentage was fine. Like, that's fine. Completion percentage is one of the most overrated stats in, in the league, especially when you're not – what I look at is scoring drives – that's important. Um, you look at he led one scoring drive in the first three quarters, and one of and that scoring drive was manufactured by a turnover by a turnover. Um, the defense carried the team the night. Right. If 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 you, I don't want to compare him to people, but if you gave somebody like Aaron Rodgers three turnovers to work with, if you gave somebody like Tom, you they would win. Ex- well, I mean, you, you expect, expect, them, you to expect them to win. Yeah. Uh, Carson, it just kind of seems like he is having difficulty processing plays until later in the game. He's actually become a pretty good adjuster on the fly, I would say, because for every like, there are people out there that say that Carson isn't clutch. Carson's played significantly better in the third and fourth yeah. quarter. I mean, that's why his numbers look like the way they do. It's not that he's not clutch because he's not. It's not that he's not clutch, and it's not that he's getting all of his numbers in garbage time, because I don't want that to be inter- – I know that's not what you mean. I don't want it to be interpreted yeah. that way. He's playing well because they're in games, and he wants to have these comebacks. It's just – it's a little too late. Like, it's just, it just is. It's not garbage time, but things add up. Yeah. When you – when you he he fumbled in in Dallas territory. I mean, like, it, it just – you. There are too many mistakes that happen throughout the game, whether they're turnovers or misreads or failed attempts to convert on a turnover. And it just it comes back to bite them. And I don't know what it is because it only really seems to happen early in games. It's very weird. It's like he's a late rhythm quarterback, which is very weird when you consider the success he had last season. So that first half, the Cowboys were moving up and down the field. At halftime, they had six points. Jim Schwartz is not the reason why this team is not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many ways we could say that. I, I think maybe people are finally coming around to it. Like, Carson Wentz is a big part of this discussion. The play calling is a big part of this discussion. You know, the offensive line is a big part of this discussion. Although, I think they played fairly well outside of a few bad Jason Peters plays that he gave up. But... They're being put in the position where Carson Wentz has to battle back in the fourth quarter because they're the first three quarters they're not doing their job. Carson Wentz is not doing his job. It's that—that's just what I mean. He I don't has, know he, how you. Go I, I don't think you can say he's not clutch, but like, 
I feel like part of the clutch discussion has to be like the, the entire game. Like if you're not that clutch, if you're putting your team in the position that you have to come back so often. So part of this too is, and this game's a little skewed because of the time of possession. In the first half, the Eagles had the, the ball for about eight and a half minutes. The Cowboys had it for like 21 minutes and change. That's a really big differential in time of possession. Um, you know, I heard overheard somebody asking Josh Adams, "Hey, you had three carries for thirty yeah, yards that, yeah, in, <laughs> in the first half, in the first on the first drive, and then you didn't see the ball till later." Because they, they didn't have them. the ball. I know like, that. One one thing I thought. So Jason Kelsey grabbed him after the game. There was a few of us over there. He uh, he he mentioned how like defenses are changing what they're doing at the beginning of the games, and they haven't done a good job of adjusting to it. Hmm. He, he wasn't taking a shot. He said it's like little things that we're not adjusting to well enough. I don't think he was taking a shot at the coaches, but the reality is that's a that's a preparation thing. Like teams are throwing something at them and they're not ready for it. Yeah, you know it's funny because you, you hear players say, "Hey, they knew what our plays were." Like you listen to the Jaguars against the Titans, and they're like, "Oh, it's very easy." <laughs> like they knew it was coming. And then Derek Henry just <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I do wonder if yeah. that's the thing because I thought the defense played incredible tonight, man. You look at the score; it's a little different. I mean, they when you're they ca- wore down at the end. Like yeah, that, they that's reasonable. The for a, a million plays, <laughs> like it, they're on the just, field for literally a million plays. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where I just think um, it, it was a very one-sided game for three quarters, and then it came back to bite them in the fourth. Whether the Eagles' offense was ready to make up for it or not, they really kind of fell by the wayside and. It, you know, for all the negative here, it is interesting to see that the offense bounced back. They were able to finish drives when they needed to. They just didn't get the ball back in overtime. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the thing, too, is a lot of people make fun of, like, Nick Foles had the, left the field with the lead against the Saints during mm. that first playoff run. And there, his, his the people that support him were like, well, you know, he had the lead when he left the game. He didn't get the ball back. The defense let him down. And then there's other people that were like, well, he should have scored enough that the defense had, didn't have to be put in that position. It, it's it's a chicken the, or the egg sort of well, thing. Well, that's the know? thing. It's the, the two things haven't worked together all season. Like, that's just the reality of it. Like, that's the, an eight, how, many, how, many, how many halves, even halves, not even games, how many halves have there been where the defense and offense both performed their capabilities? Last week and the week before that. Then the two Giants games. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe there's yeah. It's, it's like se- it's like segments. Yeah, game yeah. Not, doesn't involve the Cowboys. Exactly. Uh, All right, let, let's go on to the running backs. Yeah. we touched on them a little bit. Josh Adams, the first three carries, he looked fantastic. Three carries, 20, 30 yards. Had a 24 yard carry, as you mentioned. Didn't see the ball again for a while. Finished seven of 36. I mean, still he, averaged five yards per carry. He still looks like a stud. He, we were wrong about Sproles. We were right about him. <laughs> I, do you feel? Let me ask you this: Do you feel comfortable not drafting a running back in the first three rounds? And another running back. I don't know how they go about doing it. Whether it's in those first three rounds, maybe fourth round, they sign someone, trade for someone. I do think they need to bring someone in. I think Josh Adams needs to be the part of like a tandem. I see Corey Clement is more of like a number three guy. Uh, I think he can. It depends on how serious his injury is. Maybe he might be out for a year if it's a torn ACL. But yeah, I think they need to bring in like a fast running back, a guy who can get yards and chunks and can like bring something a little bit different than what they have right now. Sproles is obviously going to retire. You would think. I mean, he's he's amazing. I don't know. We were wrong about him, like we said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they they need to bring another another body in. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they do. I don't know how you go about doing it. I thought a guy like C.J. Anderson made sense, but he got passed on by the Chiefs and the Eagles clearly, uh, and signed with the Raiders. Um, you know, maybe it's a guy like Brand- Brian uh, Brandon Bolt. 
Brandon Bolden, who like had a really good game for the Dolphins today, journeyman running back, like you know, like somebody like that. Yeah, it's yeah, guy who's not going to cost a lot, but yeah, right. I mean, like a guy like Blunt they got last right, year, right? Exactly. I think that's part of what they're missing. Um, or you just resign Jay Ajayi, which I don't know. Or if or they that... keep trotting Wendell Smallwood out there because they seem to love him. Yeah, <laughs> but hey. yeah, Ajayi is an interesting case. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how that goes if he's willing to come on a one year prove it deal. I mean. He's kind of a little bit of what they're missing. He's a guy who can go and get those tough yards. He can get the short yards. Um, he's he's pretty well liked in the locker room. I mean, personality-wise, I know those mm-hmm. running backs really like him. So it, w- it would be a Jay Ajayi, healthy Corey Clement, and uh, Josh Adams trio. That's interesting. And maybe you draft another guy to develop for the year after that. Um, but let, that, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's reel it back to, to here. Yeah, the tight ends. Tight ends. Um, um, Zach Ertz, I mean, it wasn't an amazing Zach Ertz game. He was 5 of 8, 38 yards. The ones that missed him weren't his fault. It was Wentz missing him. Hey, he passed a thousand yards for the first oh, time I didn't, in his I didn't, career. I didn't realize How do you that. Like that? How do you like I mean, that? I think that's an important milestone for him because a lot of these other top tight ends have already done that, and that was kind of the one thing that wasn't on his resume yet. I mean, ten touchdowns would be the next goal for him, and I right. think he might get in that direction this year. But he was solid. I mean, he wasn't bad or anything. Goddard, we talked about him. I mean, we've raved about him before, but I think today we're seeing him at his best, and he's only getting better. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowler. Yeah, I maybe think- he won't be here because. I don't know if we'll get the touches to get that. Cause it's hard to get two tight ends unless you're the Patriots and you have the the murdering dude and Gronk. So I think I think next year the plan will be to build around the two. They got to use that twelve personnel. Yeah, a lot. I think I think that's the that's the ultimate goal if you spend that high of a draft pick. Plus Zach Ertz is the most dependable player on the offense. Yeah, but receivers. Receivers. Okay, so we as I about said before, Alshon Jeffrey had two pretty brutal drops, but he also had a couple of big plays. He, had the he, touchdown. He, he was a guy that he's a guy that a lot of people don't talk about yak with, or they don't think he gets a lot of yak. But he got he fights for extra yardage. That was very clear in this game. As you mentioned, Golden Tate was kind of uh, you know a, a non-factor in this game. I wonder who won the won the between those two trade deadline deals. I wonder who won. Oh boy. <laughs> we oh should boy. talk about Mark. We'll get into that on the cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Jordan Matthews Nelson, had a catch. Nelson Aguilar had a pretty nice game. Um, you know, he had two catches for forty. I mean, he, he he's getting yards and like he gets getting down the field. Uh, he's he also is another guy with an interesting future because he's gonna be due to make like close to nine million dollars next year. Like that's a lot if he's only getting two catches a game. Like I wonder what they're gonna think about his future with the team. He, he kind of has to show a lot of these next few games. I think. See, if I were him and I like Philadelphia, I try to work out a, yeah. a long term. I think it, it would make sense for both sides number. to where that cap number goes down. Kind of like a five year. We're like thirty five yeah. million dollar deal. We're like the first couple years are guaranteed or something, right? Like where you know that you're only really gonna see two years of this pact, and then you can hit yeah. free agency. But and he, out. he's been he's been solid. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been bad. He's been solid. Yeah, like if I were him, I wouldn't want to hit the free agent market. Um, either so signing a short-term extension might yeah make sense. all right offensive line um jason peters gave up two sacks that were pretty bad where it was like okay we're back to jason peters is washed mode uh then you didn't really have any as much issues the rest of the game yeah no. uh, demarcus lawrence kind of wreaked a little bit of havoc i mean the numbers maybe don't say it but he, he definitely felt his presence he had one hit they the, the offensive line as a whole gave up for five qb hits two sacks i mean that's Another thing that's skewed because they weren't really all on the field all that much. Yeah. Too. So it's they're kind uh, of like an I mean, you can't really like ju- like they've been really great in the rushing game, but they didn't really mm-hmm. run the ball. So I think you can be okay with that, how the offensive line played it. Like, one of those sacks, like you mentioned, Darren Sproles is open. Wentz probably could have got ridden the ball quicker, or at either the first one or the second one, he could have ran away. 
but yeah, I don't know if he thinks like that anymore. Right. You know, which is another whole other issue. But let's go to the defense. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here, okay, obviously. So the defensive, defensive line, line yeah. like Michael Bennett, number one, Fletcher Cox, number two. And then, I mean, Brandon Graham was pretty good, too. He forced a lot of holding calls. Yeah. He didn't really show up in the statute. But those two guys, Michael Bennett especially, man, we, we talk about him every week. Like, he he's nearing the point where you can make a case that he's their defensive MVP. Oh, I don't think there's a question that he's their defensive MVP. Sorry, Fletcher Cox, but, I mean, when you really look at uh, I mean, what... him, It's between him and Malcolm, and Fletcher would be the three candidates. Right, yeah. yeah. But, I, but his consistency, his ability to get after the passer, like, he's so... I don't think people around the league appreciate how good of a defensive end this dude is. I mean, he's been a pro bowler three years in a row for a reason. I think we all under... I mean, they only traded a fifth-round pick, so you almost like, all right, well, he's only going to trade for a fifth-round pick. Maybe he's washed now. Maybe something... But he, from from... I know the first couple games maybe he wasn't amazing, but these last like five, six, seven weeks, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I, but like those quarterback hits and the pressures and the sacks, like he's been one of the best defensemen in the NFL, let alone this team. Like, yeah, I think he and Josh Adams are the stories of the second half yeah, of the totally. so far. And, you know, uh, he's a guy who's older, and so to see him coming on later is very interesting to I, me. I wonder how interested they are in bring, keeping him around here next year. I'm wondering how long he wants to stay here. I mean, you know, he is yeah. in his mid-30s, so I wonder, you do wonder if maybe he's kind of caught up with the grind. He's got other interests outside of football. He has, clearly. His kids. Yeah, so... That'll be interesting because that, if you look at what happened with Josh Sweat and his ankle injury, yeah. if that's a major injury, I talked about it the other day, but they really just have Derek Barnett coming back. And he's coming up an injury too. Right. So it's like, do you want to hold on to him? Maybe you sign him to a short-term extension to kind of beef up his numbers. Chris Long, I thought, got regular pressure. He played pretty well. Haloti Nada was unnoticeable, which was probably <laughs> to his benefit. Uh, Timmy Jernigan did not play again. You know... Ezekiel Elliott's still got a lot of rushing yards. He's a lot of them in the first half. They did clamp down a little bit on him in the second half. I think that was... Po- uh, he finished with... My uh, 113 <laughs> rushing yards. Um, good, good memory. Yeah, it's on 28, 28 carries. carries, yeah. Uh, and But he did have 12 catches for 79 yards, which is a lot. But. Yeah, I mean, he was heavily involved. I yeah, mean, he yeah. is their offense. He uh, is. He's a stud. So... I thought the line, moving on to that, I thought the linebackers didn't play that well. There were times where Bradham looked like he was lost in coverage or, or lost on a play. He and Malcolm Jenkins got into a couple of back and forth converse, not arguments, but like, hey, what do I do here? It, it just yeah, kind of yeah, seemed yeah. like, hey, I think you're in the wrong spot it, or something. Tackles is one of those like accuracy number misnomers where he had 14 tackles, and that's not necessarily a great thing. Right, yeah. I mean, I thought Nate Gary played well early. He was like one of the few guys that was making stops. I mean, Camus. Had the play that would have changed the game, <laughs> but it went away. Yeah, um, he he. They were going after him early on in the game. It felt yeah, like. Yeah, they made an example of him. Yeah, that was pretty clear. Uh, he's not know, much. He can't really add much in the passing game. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's he's a third linebacker. Yeah. And uh, I thought they missed Jordan Hicks in this game, especially from a communication oh, standpoint. I'm sorry. I wonder if Hicks comes back this year. I mean, I think he's got to sign a one-year prove-it deal. And just that's what I'm saying. I wonder if if he even risks like losing even money on that and if he just sits out I mean cap he the calf was an issue for him last year and that kind of led to his other injury he like had said that publicly so I'm curious if he comes back this year I'm not quite convinced that Jernigan comes back I mean it's possible but the fact that his back keeps flaring up and he wasn't able to practice this week or if he did he did limited like a day or two like I mean these are <laughs> they, I mean we haven't had talked about it on the podcast yet Jalen Mills is out for the year um, they've lost Ronald Darby, they've lost Derek Barnett, they've lost Rodney McLeod. Is there anyone else on defense I'm missing? Uh, Vontae Maddox has been out. Vontae Maddox has been out. He sh- maybe he'll be back next week. He was questionable this week. I mean, 
<laughs> talk. I, about, I mean, the injuries to that defense, man, that's insane. Uh, but. And, and but but that that really crystallizes it in this game because they actually played very very well for the first three quarters. And I mean, obviously they were on the field a million I mean, plays. We can talk about the second. Trey Sullivan was around the ball a few times. Yeah, Trey Sullivan didn't have a bad game. I thought Rasul Douglas, like I said earlier, yeah, that was had the game of his life. Yeah, I mean, he really played well. Even the the final play of the game, I mean, was a really good play. He played it properly. It just you know, the earth and, and the moon yeah, and the yeah. sun and all he, that. Uh, and he was making some good tackles, too. He seems like he's really touched up on his tackling he form. He seemed really confident out there. And that's – he was, like, the, the guy that showed up from the jump. And, um, you know, Devontae Bosby got beat for that deep throw. Let, Trevon LeBlanc had that one. Uh, Mike Gallup. Or, no, it was a Cole Beasley. Cole yeah, yeah. Beasley. Let, let's talk – let's have a discussion about Sidney Jones real quick. Okay. Um – they took a risk drafting him. They knew they were taking a risk drafting him. He was coming off a torn Achilles. The reward, be, it was like a Sixers-esque draft pick. The reward was, you know, you know maybe he's probably going to miss the entire rookie year, but this is a guy that was supposed to be a top-ten pick before his injury. Um, he showed some flash of that this season, and then he hurt his hamstring, and then it's been in and out of the lineup. And uh, based on the way this game went, I'm not so sure if he'll be ready for next week. This, these hamstring things linger. Like, we've seen it with Darren Sproles. We've seen it with him. seen it with... You know, Corey Graham earlier this year, there's been a few guys. Um, he came back on the field. He was just not ready to be out there, whether it was because of the hamstring or he was thinking about it too much. Or, I mean, he. it's to the point now where I think they have to draft a cornerback Yeah, sure. in April. Um, I'm, I'm worried about it. He's young, and there's plenty of time to get. Like, but when you're starting your career with this many different injuries and, and not being able to finish games, like it's, it's a bad omen for the future. So, this brings up my favorite co- draft cornerback prospect of all time, Jason Barrett. Jason Barrett, when he played Dude very can't healthy, when he <laughs> yeah. when he played and was healthy, amazing. He was a top five corner, easy, easy. There was no debate. I would beat you in any debate with that. Sidney Jones has the makings of being that type of corner. The problem is, is he just can't find his footing. No pun intended. With yeah. all the injuries, um, they're all in his leg regions. <laughs> yeah, I would shut him down for the rest of the year. To me, I want to see what I have in Craven LeBlanc. I want to see what I have in Rasul Douglas. See if you need this is because Rasul Douglas is the starter next year. You need to decide if you want to try and buy low on Ronald Darby if he's willing to, Uh, and you have to see if Jalen Mills is a guy that has a future. His contract's up after next year, so between him and Darby, like they they're they're both out now. So you you find out if Rasul Douglas is good enough to be a starting cornerback on this team. If Craven LeBlanc is good enough to be a rotational piece. If Devontae Bosby is worth keeping around, and that's what these next, they're going to try and compete for the playoffs still, obviously, which is why maybe City Jones plays still. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you on that. To me, this is a team, and I've said this to you before. This is a team that, on paper, to start the year, had four number two corners. They did not have a number one corner. Yeah, that's fair. They have four number two corners. Now you've got to ask yourself. Next year, do I want to? You know, Darby could start off on PUP. Sidney Jones is a flight risk or an injury risk. You don't know what you're getting with him. Do you want to start Rasul Douglas and Jalen Mills on the outside and and on LeBlanc and and Nickel? I think Crevon LeBlanc. Look, it's a short term, whatever. But as far as the way he's talked about in the locker room already, how what he's put on the field, I think you can feel comfortable. His with personality him. fits. Yeah, I think, and he's got he's got a cheap deal next year. He signed a two year deal with the Lions. They claimed his contract off of waivers. Yeah. I think that makes sense. You feel comfortable with the nickel position, even if you want to put Sidney Jones back in there. Whatever. 
you've got to figure out what you have in Russell Douglas. And if he plays like he has the last two weeks, you're then comfortable you feel better, yeah. with him being the number two guy, especially for what Jim Schwartz wants out of his defensive backs. I, I think, it, you know, this secondary is going to look different. This defense is going to look different. Uh, Roddy McLeod is going to turn out to be the biggest loss of the season. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? You and I both were kind of like, eh, yeah. overrated. Because you never really like heard heard from him very much. But I think that was by design. He was the guy that was kind of saving those sure. big plays from happening. And I think that's why I'm very interested. I'm assuming they, if don't if not cut him, restructure his deal. But I, I could see him wanting to stay in Philly if they want to keep him yeah, around. He's been around every single. He's around game. all the time. I mean, he's a big part. He's a leader on the. He's been a leader on this team, and he's gonna be. In, they have a lot of interesting. Like this roster could look very different next year, or they could get a bunch of guys to take cheaper deals, and it looks the same. Like I don't know. Yeah, and he shares the same birthday as me. Fun fact. Oh boy. All right, let, let's wrap up real quick. Wait, on well, Before we do that, oh. I want to touch on somebody who's yeah, very yeah. important who we've criticized quite a bit, Corey Graham. Oh, good call. Yeah. Corey Graham has played a lot better over the last three games. Coincidentally, the Eagles are 2-1 and one during that stretch. This game, he made a huge play. The interception. I call it the baby Patrick Robinson. Uh, you know, the interception that set Carson Wentz up for that first touchdown really kind of changed the trajectory of the game in, in a lot of ways. He's been criticized for his mental errors and his poor tackling. In this game, he tackled very well, and he made a couple of really big mental uh, – what's the opposite of mental errors? Mental, mental achievements. achievements. Mental achievements. Okay, there you go. Um, Achievement oh, unlocked. We've got to talk about specialists. Sorry, yeah, I was about to say, that's where we're going to wrap it up on. Yeah. Um, do your do your Cameron Johnson Cameron spiel. Cameron Johnson, you ready? So he punted – You have to say it in it Australian was, it accent. Wasn't just, it wasn't just the – I can't okay. even do it. See how bad that was? We have fun. You try, though. The, I appreciate that. The, uh, I appreciate At the No Huddle at Show. At the No Huddle Show. I forgot the name of the show for a second. My bad. <laughs> You're, you, you went hey, Australian. Cam, I, got, I got Cam Johnson on the brain. Um, on the bobby. So Cam had a very good game, but not just him, the punt coverage team, and that's become a strength for this team uh, this season. Uh, shout out to Dave Fitt because he's had like 50 gajillion different players there with all the injuries. Anyway, Johnson kicked – uh, or punted six times for 276 yards. That's a 46-yard average. But what's impressive about that is they had a 43.5 net yardage uh, on coverage. That's a difference of two and a half yards. So you're not really allowing returners to really do anything in the punt game. He had three uh, punts down within the 20. That's impressive. He's had an impressive year. If you want to read about him, search my <laughs> yeah, name and then search. All right, Jake Elliott, LVP of today, least valuable player. You like, know, it's a shame because he's been not, really good lately. You know what? I think it got into his head that somebody kicked a longer field goal than he did. Brett Mayer. Uh, yeah, it was a 60. 62 yard. And yeah. then Jake hit a I mean, 61 yard last year. He he missed a no. He made his field goal today, but he missed an extra point, and they and they it went into overtime. So I mean, I mean, you one can, you point can, makes the difference. It does. It saves you from going to overtime, Man. and then you don't have to ask Doug Peterson about going for two. Yeah, and which is weird. Like these questions didn't have to come last year. Like it's just this is so weird. It's a weird season. So next week they're in L.A. against the Rams. It's Carson Wentz. If this if the season's over, this is Carson Wentz's redemption potential. Like it, it, he's gonna, he's been overthinking a lot of stuff. I think when you see him out there, and we're gonna kind of find out what he's made of, even more next week. In and a that, way. and that's why I haven't killed the season yet because I do think the. I mean, you look at Carolina. Carolina lost today. The Vikings play the Seahawks on Monday, and the Seahawks look like they're in position to beat the bricks off the Vikings. So if those two teams fall apart down the stretch, 
the Eagles have an opportunity if they do win out. They don't have the tiebreaker, though, so they they have to finish ahead of them, which is a factor. Right, but we're we're betting on Carson, right? And so I think with with Carson, he's been so good at times that you want to keep believing, and I think that's why the fan base gives him such a long leash. Um, If Carson turns it around and comes out like, you know, a bat out of hell because, you know, the Rams are who cost him his Super Bowl run. Maybe that's more of a media creation for us, or maybe that's a fan creation, whatever. Let's say he comes out and lights the world on fire and they beat the Rams and upset the Rams. Then you're feeling a little different. Then you're feeling season. really good. You go home against the Texans, and then you play the Redskins, who are starting Josh Johnson probably for the rest of the season, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up on that. All right, we'll wrap it up on that. Uh, we'll be back again later this week talking about the Rams game and whatever else happens this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Leave some comments, write some reviews. We're on all the podcast apps. And thanks for listening. This episode of the No Huddle Show was brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com.